What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Outside Perspective. I'm your host, Adam Meredith, a.k.a. your favorite light-skinned celebrity's generic version. We have an amazing episode for you today, but before I get to my guest, I do want to send a big shout-out to Jombo Superfoods. You can go to jombocbd.com and check them out. They have a full line of CBD products Personally, my absolute favorite is their Muscle Bomb. I don't really go a day without using it, uh, whether it's the 100 milligram uh, or the 200 milligram extra strength that also has menthol. Um, I just recently jammed my finger. By the time this is released, I will be traveling to Orlando and competing at IBJJF pan ams and during training jammed my fucking pinky really bad and i've been using the 200 milligram extra strength with menthol muscle bomb and it i love it it's just it's just game changing for my uh for my recovery and i just recently got a new tattoo not that long ago maybe about a month ago now and during the whole recovery i was using the 100 milligram uh, CBD bomb. It's just, it's the shit. It's my favorite product. Um, you can save 20% when you go to their website and use the code outside at checkout. They're doing that special for our listeners of this show. And they are damn near always doing buy two, get one free of an item. So throw two in your cart, you'll get a third one for free. And then you'll save 20% off of the whole deal. So they are taking care of you guys. Check them out. They have drops and bombs and sprays and all that good shit um and then again you can just save 20 percent by using the code outside all right let's get to our guest i am sitting down with the one and only calvin t gray calvin tiger whatever you want to say but calvin t gray he is a filmmaker an artist uh just an all-around cool human being i'm really uh, happy we were able to connect, and you know we were talking a little bit in the beginning about uh, about glass or lenses, if you will, uh, for cameras. And I think I should go back and listen. I didn't go back and, and double check, but I think I called the name of some lenses the wrong name. He didn't even correct me. He's like just super, just mellow and chill about it. Um, I'm pretty sure I fucked that up, but whatever. Anyway, I'm really happy to connect with him. It was super serendipitous in the sense that he's just about to head out and by the time this airs he might actually yeah well by the time this airs yeah he'll be um i think chilling in nashville before he heads over to atlanta he's you know he's leaving st louis and uh we were able to connect before he left so pretty pumped about it so without any further ado let's gain some perspective y'all with calvin t gray Done all of the above. Have you tried rebooting it? Oh, that's funny. That's uh, what they always want. They always uh, like reboot it. That's cool. I like the slate clap Dude, for your audio. Something, yeah. For your video. Yeah, sync the audio up. There you go. You got two of them now. That works too. <laughs> that was like like the nicest thing about having a producer is that there, there's so much I didn't realize I don't fucking know. 
Yeah. When it comes to this video and this film game. Yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah, it seems so much easier on the surface. It looks so much easier. Like, <laughs> lighting is so much more complicated than I realized. Yeah. I mean, just composition. Yeah. Fucking, like I said, color grade. Just it's all lighting, in my opinion. Well, not in my opinion, but uh, what I've learned lately is, like, the if you get the lighting right, then you're, like, 95% of the way to to having a great image. Yeah, you yeah. Know? You can really just create whatever, like... Whatever feeling you're trying to portray or, uh-huh. or like come across, you can do that through lighting. Usually, I found. Yeah, definitely. And like we were talking about having a backlight. Yeah. Um. You know, they use backlights, hair lights, to like make somebody uh appear more like grace like, like uh, graceful. Yeah. Than usual. So like in in old Hollywood, whenever they would have, and it's still in in current Hollywood, and like just like it's just a common practice. But when you have like um, a subject like a like a beautiful female subject. You're the first time you see her on camera. There's like this backlight behind her, so she's got like this angelic right. outline. Yeah. And then there's probably like a light up here, doing a, uh, a a light on top, so you can see like the the whole like her hair and everything. And right. then there's like you know, of course, the lighting in the front. You never realize how much is really going on outside of the frame. <laughs> that is so true. That is so. Uh, real especially when it comes to like cinema i do a lot of music videos so it's not necessarily you know cinema I- itself but you can get cinemat- cinematic oh hell yeah r- like real quick with it oh hell yeah and i have before i was just working on a movie a couple week weekends ago and uh we're in an alleyway and it's like you know there's a building like the shot's like facing this way there's a building here that goes all the way down the alley and then there's some parking and then another building over this way. Okay. We took a light way way over here and just put it on the side of that building and it made the shot so much more like dynamic. There was like so much more depth to the shot. Yeah. And it just really opened it up. But you would never think we're lighting all this stuff over here. Let's put a light on that building. Right. You would think like, oh, let's light the subject and, you know, where we're going to be at. But having it – and it was behind some trees too. So there was like oh. – um, we use the trees as basically a flag that you put in front of the light to give texture. Okay. Like a shadow texture. Yeah. So this building had like a shadowed texture and a light on it now. And it was just like a part of the shot. That's all it was. Just like something right. over to the side. Right. But it but gave it more depth. Yeah. If you didn't do that, like it wouldn't have popped the same. Right. Right. Man, I was doing a photo shoot and um, the uh, fucking, my producer, my expert, or not ex-producer, but sort of, I don't know. He's, he's fucking busy all the time. But um, the guy I was working with, he like, he would he would take like a yellow light and like, and, and, what was he doing? He was like using it almost as if it was the sun. And yeah. and just creating just this this whole um, almost like illusion right. of like we have this really beautiful sunrise coming in from over here. And yeah. I'm just like shit, man. Like I just never would have thought of that. Yeah, there's I mean, there's a couple of studios that I've worked at where they've got some lights. Um, so like, <laughs> what we'll do is we'll, we have an empty room. It's a warehouse. Yeah. And then we bring in a bunch of pre-built walls, paint them whatever color we need them to be. Yeah. Put uh bring in a wall that's got a a window in it, and then put like some out of focus giant blurry background, and then use these lights that put out like ten thousand watts of energy yeah to emulate the sun coming through like breaking through the window oh that's dope and it's like I'm just sitting there like 
whoa, how did you think that we needed the sun <laughs> to be emulated? Like, I don't know, just all all the um, attention to detail and the lighting is, like, very crucial. But with, with a lot of art today, you don't have to. Yeah. Well, the details matter. still make something cool. They, you, they do... And they don't. It just it's whatever you want. It's yeah. like whatever you want, really. Yeah, dude, you can do. You can literally just make shit happen with your phone if you really wanted to. Oh fuck yeah, I do. And just post that at work, and you can make it all happen. Yeah, you can drop photos straight from your uh, camera, like your DSLR or mirrorless or whatever it is. You can just, if they're connected to the same Wi-Fi, just drop them straight to your phone and edit on your phone. Yeah, what camera are you using these days? I have a collection of Sony okay. uh, mirrorless cameras. Nice. I have a Sony A7 III, and I have a Sony A6300, and I have two Sony A65s, which are like crop sensor um, DSLRs. Yeah. Yeah. Do you use those two very much, the crop sensor ones? Not you, anymore. You can't get full frame. No, I ha- I do. I have a full frame, and then my A6300 has a super 35 millimeter sensor, which is... I don't understand the math, but I guess like fake full frame. I'm like, is it full frame or not? I don't. <laughs> what is this? Is this all marketing? Yeah, that's pretty much Shit, what it is. But those mirrorless are the future, bro. Like they produce some amazing video. I don't know how they do it, and I don't know why being mirrorless like creates such a great image. But the cameras are light as hell, so you right. can use them. You could just connect them to like any <laughs> like little piece of equipment you want and right. it's not going to create too much um like torque on any of the gear yeah and it's going to be very easy to maneuver right that's why i like them it seems to be the sony a7 III seems to be like the standard for a lot of people like without going too crazy like trying to get like a red camera or something like yeah you can usually spend what like five or six grand between like some like a lens and and the Sony. If you get some good glass, yeah, you're looking at like three thousand. Yeah. Which is relatively low, but Sony just announced a new full frame camera. Really. Called the Sony A7C. Hmm. It's a full frame, mirrorless, uh, digital camera, but it's the size of like a Sony A6300 or A6000. So it's the same size as their crop sensor cameras, yep. but it's full frame. Oh, that's legit. Yeah, and it's coming in at a price range of 1800 which is... That's pretty affordable. <laughs> very affordable for a full frame, brand new yeah. camera. Man, I'm such like, I just love tech and gear. Yeah. And it's easy to do it like when you start getting into like film and photography. Oh, yeah. Dude, like, it just racks like up you quick. said, the glass is just so expensive. And then just depending on... Um, like I mean, are you gonna get are you, just like I have a, a I have just like a nifty fifty for my, yeah and like that's pretty standard. But then if you start getting like a telephoto lens or like a micro lens or yeah just all these different fucking lenses that you can get, it just really changes everything. Yeah, for sure. I mean the the glasses. I don't know. I <laughs> I was having this conversation with one of my photographer friends. Shout out Miranda Moongia. Um, you can find her on Instagram at Miranda dot Shout out to Miranda. I don't know how to spell her last name, but look, <laughs> on, look at my uh, recent post. She's probably in there somewhere. But uh, I was like, yeah, the lens is more important than the camera. She's like, well, you can't take a picture without the camera. And I'm like, but you can't take a picture without the lens. Right. <laughs> so which is it, you know? It's true. So if you put a shitty lens on a nice camera, it's going to have like a base stock quality 
ability, right? Because it's a good camera, but you're not going to have any range with the shitty lens. But if you have like a a really good lens on a shitty camera, I feel like you could probably make a better looking image that way. Right. But it also always depends on the shooter, of course. I mean, you could have a shitty camera and lens, and like yeah. you're good with it. I mean, I've always had a shitty camera and shitty lens up until December of this year, or yeah. of last year. So, so you just upgraded. <laughs> yeah, I just got a full frame. Yeah. I can dig it. Dude, I got to say, man, um, you're probably definitely one of my favorite uh, content creators like in the city. Thank I, you. I, I wow. Told, like, I fucking dig your style. Like, Thank you, bro. I would say in the city, I'm sure there's plenty of people doing it, but like in the city, you and like Drew Brown – are like my two favorites. Dude, Drew is <laughs> off the fucking chain. Is he not? Yeah. Like, holy shit. Shout out to the film lord. For real. Like yeah. he, he He's out there just doing some next level shit. Always. 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 Yeah. Be out in the desert, flying something yeah. crazy. Yeah. Like, it's not, he's not just flying drones. He's flying like actual like quadcopters with a camera attached. Not yeah. like a... Uh, like a DJI drone or something where the camera right. comes attached. Right. He got a job at uh, Ameren just so he could fly drones. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, he was flying drones for them. Cause Have you had him on the show? I did. Okay. So it was it was kind of uh, serendipitous in the sense that um, you can feel, f- feel free to sit down here, dude. It's all good. Cool. Yeah. Um, my boy put me on to him and I was checking him out. I'm like, damn, dude, this dude's dope. And he was still in Orlando at the time. And uh, would you just like put your show to the camera? Yeah, this is my this is my homie's brand love movement. So oh, right on. Yeah, just you know, make sure every now and then. Dude, it's all about the positivity, man. Just promote the hell out of it. Yeah, I'm with it. Shout out love movement. Shout out love movement. But Drew was in Orlando at the time, and I was like, man, I just I just hit him up like, hey man, if you're ever in St. Louis, like I'd love to connect with you. And he would just so happen to be like coming back into St. Louis, and I guess he's been here ever since. But he's, uh, this was right before he went out to the desert to like mm. go and film some shit. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, man, it was just super cool just to kind of, like, hear about his shit and what he has going on. He just has a very unique mind. He really does. I, I, Drew and I shot weddings together back in, like, 2014. Oh, wow. Yeah. So y'all go way back. Yeah. Well, I mean, we shot a couple of times together, and then um, we got together one or two other times yeah. outside of, like, work to, yeah. to shoot something. But um, I fuck with Drew mostly because I feel like we're kind of similar yeah. In this way where it's like, yeah, sorry I can't link up and do shit. I'm just doing me I'm 100% doing of the time. Shit. Yeah, yeah it, like I don't have time for other stuff, but uh, it looks good, bro. Like, appreciate Dude. it. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel, man. I feel like I'm probably one of the worst friends. <laughs> because I'll fuck around, you'll see me for a second, and then you won't see me for like six to eight months. And yeah. It's like, what is he doing? I'm just doing my own thing, man. You do you, I do me. I'll see yeah. you when I see you. Like, but yeah. it's all love still. Yeah, of course. It's just when you're moving and grooving, you're just trying to create and do stuff. Yeah, I feel like there's two different types of, um, <clears throat> when it comes to being like a creator, there's two different ways. There's like, like obviously, there's a million different ways, but right. you can kind of group it into these two types of lifestyles where it's like, you're just obsessed with doing shit all the time and yeah. so you don't really make that much time for other people and then you find yourself like to be lonely and then you're like hey other people and they're like oh now you want to just show up all of a sudden <laughs> and then there's the other people uh other type where it's more of like a hobby where you live your i don't want to say normal life but to me it seems like what you're supposed to do like you know you get a job yeah you work this you work these hours that provide for your home and all this stuff and then you you do, you know you do your fun stuff on the side yeah and um in that lifestyle you spend more time with friends yeah whereas in my lifestyle it's like my when I go to work that's when I'm seeing my friends because we're all creatives right. we create things 
um, especially in the camera world. And here in St. Louis, um, and I'm getting ready to move, so I'm going to miss it, but I've created sort of like a go-to team of people to help me create things, and I help them create things. Yeah. And it's just like a really strong, uh, small network of individuals that are just creating nonstop all the time. So I'm able to see my friends and like get a lot done at the, at, you know, simultaneously. Right. And it doesn't feel like work because it's just what you do. Yes. Yeah. And when it starts to feel like work, and it has felt like work a lot of times, there's been a lot of periods in my life where I've thought about just like selling out and getting a job at Apple oh, and, really? and just having that security that I'm so unused to. But at this point, I'm so used to the discomfort, the uncomfortability. It's almost like yeah, I don't know what to do with myself when I'm Man. unable to be constantly challenged. Oh, yeah. You know. Man, well, speaking as a guy who, like, I, I went that route. Like, I went and I got my degrees. Like, I got my master's degree. Yeah. Worked the corporate nine to five. That's not really secure. It's just an illusion. Oh, You're okay. Really, really. Bro. Break I'm, it down for me. Because, you know, I've got homies that I create with regularly that do have that, yeah. you know, sec- yeah. security. Secure job. Yeah. Here's the thing, man. Like, it's nice to get those regular checks. Like, that's nice. And it's, yeah. it's, it's it feels good to have benefits and all that shit. But at the end of the day, you're just a number in the system. And if you were to die tomorrow, they will replace you. Right. Like, it's just what it is. Like, I was working. Like, I got my, my master's degree in healthcare administration. I was working up here at uh, Express Scripts, which is, like, they're in the healthcare space. They do, like, pharmaceutical yeah, benefits. Yeah, I'm familiar. Okay, right on. So I was there for five and a half years. I was, like, doing some project management. I was crushing it i smoke weed every day right so they hit me with the random i lost my job because of that not because, yeah not because of my performance i was actually at the time i was the only person who did what i did and i was in the marketing department and um, i was the most recognized employee in marketing like everybody knew the fuck i was right and then they hit me with that random and like i knew they did randoms but i'm like ah what are the odds i was just playing the odds yeah came up short but like that really that's probably probably been three years ago now okay and uh it was like it just completely shifted my mindset in the yeah. sense that like dude it can end they just it, replaced you yeah well they were actually so it's well weird. they tried to replace they tried you. it was the, the funny thing is my girlfriend works there now yeah. and uh she she actually was doing an event and she had to coordinate with the person they had fill in for me and it was <laughs> it was a shit show for months probably like six seven months like wow. it was just completely crazy but and what what is I mean like the random drug test? It's like, what's the f- especially okay? I could see like random drug tests for, um, things like cocaine, or man, like in some cases, I know like alcohol is illegal, but I feel like some people need to be like tested for alcohol when they come in in the morning. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if you're still drunk, take your ass home. Yeah. It, th- like, how is that any different from you smoked pot last night before bed? Well, at the end of the day, dude, I could have been drinking and sniffing coke off of hookers' asses all weekend and then came to work on Monday and tested pot. Like, I could have passed the test. Right. And been just fine. Right. They wouldn't have fucking known. Right. But you smoke some weed and it's like, uh, nope, not you. Get out of here, stoner. That's so crazy. Especially crazy. with how big of a deal, like, weed is to the medical community. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, they're like, like, in some places, they're like, you're fired because you participate in this. And then other places, they're like, Thank you so much for being here to help us figure these things out right. for, with this drug. 
Dude, on the on the plus side, I will give them the credit in the sense that they did ask me if I had a medical card. However, it wasn't medically legal here in Missouri at the time. If 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 that were the case, I would have made yeah. sure I had that shit. And yeah. then I did go to one of the senior vice presidents who who really liked me, and I was explain the situation to them and they did actually review their cannabis policy because of like me wow yeah i actually felt kind of important for half a second for half a second <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like no you're not getting your job back so i'm dude. like ah dude but dude just that whole idea of security is like dude it can fucking end at any time wow it really really can like i lost that job i got a couple like contract jobs like six months like i worked for six months on a contract, took six months off, worked for uh, like another like six months uh, at another company on contract. And when that ended, I was like, fuck this. I cannot keep running this rat race. And I haven't had an employer in two years. Yeah. Just all self-employed, just kind of just doing the grind. But yeah. the idea of security is an illusion. Just That's good to know. Now, well, I've already given up on <laughs> the idea that I could do that. Like I've made it past like I'm too far deep into this. Just keep doing it, man. Yeah, Just yeah, keep yeah. fucking doing to it. To like step out and do like a sellout move. Yeah. I'm sh- like I'm sure I like you know, I'm getting ready to move to Atlanta. Yeah, I was gonna ask you, where are you go you Atlanta, huh? Yeah, so what's prompted I caught you at the right time then. Literally I move on Monday. Dude, oh my god. Yeah. This is so crazy. you're like can we do this? I'm like, can we do it this week? Because 'Cause I'm leaving on Monday. Yeah, I'm with yeah, it. So yeah. this is perfect. Yeah. So my my girlfriend lives in nashville okay she's a singer songwriter that's a fun town musical artist yeah yeah so i'm gonna go to nashville on monday okay i'm gonna stay there until january morgan oh, red morgan and i are moving to atlanta in january morgan's your girlfriend yeah morgan bosman you can find her at morgan bosman check her out she's got a new single out now called no time shout out morgan yeah that's dope yeah man i've uh i've done i've gone to uh i've gone to nashville a couple of times did some podcasts down there. Yeah, Nashville's the shit. Yeah, man, it's 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 a cool ass town for Spe- sure. They're calling it Little L.A. Are they? <laughs> Apparently, I don't know. Huh. Shit, I don't. I've never been one to like participate in mainstream activities anyway, so I'm not really like downtown Nashville at South Broadway. You know, yeah, checking out all the country bars and shit. I'm you know finding. I'm at the skate park and right. You know. Kicking it with some homies at the crib. Yeah, I saw you kicking blunts. it with. Yeah, dude, I saw you kicking it with um the homie Chris Grinds the other day. Oh yeah, Chris, that's the homie. Yeah, he's a good dude, man. Yeah, he is, and he just dropped a new project too. The grind never stops. Yeah, I'm super excited about that. I'm trying to get him locked down and, and try to get. He's hard to schedule with. <laughs> he is. Yeah, he's got a lot going on. <laughs> but dude, uh, Atlanta would be cool, man. That's like, there's a there's a big film scene down there, and you being a yeah. filmmaker, like, yeah, that's. Perfect. Yeah, I'm excited for it. So that's the only thing that was like, that's where I was connecting the dots from the nine to five. Yeah. Uh, co- uh, question because it's like, I could join, like here in St. Louis, I couldn't join a filmmaker's union or a camera guy's union. Yeah. And, and be guaranteed like jobs. You pretty much got to go work at a studio. Maybe you have to join a union once you work there. But yeah. Here in St. Louis, there's very, 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 very slim pickings when it comes to video production jobs that aren't whack as hell. Yeah. And and it's, you know, my definition of whack might be different from someone else's definition of whack for sure. But what I mean by that is like doing things that are current. Um, a lot of times in this area, most of the jobs, not all of them, but most of the jobs that I've come into proximity with and the opportunities I've had, I've kind of looked at it and been like, mm, yeah, this is fucking kind of 
what I'm interested in doing. I don't know. No, 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 it's not for me. Not quite. Yeah, because a lot of it's like they want you to make a corny commercial. And I'm like, can we do a commercial not corny? And they're like, well, this is what I want to do. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll do it. Like, It's almost like, a f- it's like, oh, you create videos. Let's create this video. And I'm like, cool. I got all these ideas. And they're like, no, no, no. No, we don't want the ideas. Yeah. We want you to hit record and make something like this. Yeah, they want you for the technical aspect, not the creative. Right. And, yeah. And that's that's cool and all. And I'm sure that there's lots of jobs here and there that are in other cities that, you know, w- would be the same. But I know that there's opportunity for the things that are more in line with what I want to do. Like, I want to I do, like, $50,000 music video sets, million-dollar music sets. Yeah. You know what I mean? That makes sense. Music video sets. Is that really the niche, like, music videos for you? That's, yeah, that's my yeah. niche. You make some fun-ass music videos. Niche, Thing. niche, niche. It's both. Yeah. It's like Tiger Tigre. It's both. Yeah. You know? No one ever knows. Are you Calvin Tiger or Calvin Tigre? I'm like, whichever one you want. Yes is the answer. Yeah. Yes. I feel like, uh, yeah, fuck. You're in probably, I feel like, and I could be exaggerating, I feel like you're in like three or four different like music groups. That's right. <laughs> yeah, three or four music groups is right. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, damn, they just like you got like two or three different pairs. I'm like, damn, some dope ass music though. I'm like, but then here's a new group. I'm like, which group is which? Which one's current? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of all. It's yeah, like you're deep in. Doors. Yeah, you're deep in the music scene. I tried to just man. I've always been. I'm I'm fortunate that I'm a filmmaker, photographer, and I can participate with music without playing it like i can participate in a live show yeah i can create with the music but not be playing music yeah because playing music is not one of my strong suits (laughs) but i am musically charged and musically active yeah regularly we have good energy so i bet like on stage that comes through well and then just entertaining yeah i'm I'm good at uh i think i'm good at entertainment for myself like yeah i have a good time when i'm up there it's all matters and i know that as long as i'm having a good time everyone else is gonna have a good time yeah for the most part yeah i mean so you're gonna have people you know stick up their ass always but right but good times are contagious yeah you're right yeah, yeah. and, and that's that's what i'm always trying to create is a good time yeah dude I'm, I'm a big believer in just like the energy that you put out in the world is what's returned to you absolutely so i'm constantly taking audit of the energy i, I like i allow around me like if you're coming with some bullshit then you're gonna have to keep moving like, yeah <laughs> you can miss me with that for real hell <laughs> for real so atlanta's a good town for you then man because there's there's a good blend between film and music down there yeah i'm excited for to get into music videos there yeah and um i you know we don't have we have music community and we have film community here in st louis but we don't really have industry for either of those okay because like you know someone might say <laughs> I sometimes I get sna- uh, what I say uppity. <laughs> Someone's like, "Yeah, the music industry in St. Louis." I was like, "Change that word. Industry. Who's being paid? Who's yeah. making money? Scene. Music scene. Music scene. Music community. Yeah. Because there's not like you can't just look up some like an agent's office and go in there and just request a meeting right. with a label or management or you know any sort of position like that that could help you like create a team you pretty much have to do it diy as fuck yeah but in this area but doing it diy is like a great way to do it there's no better time than now to be diy right all always um you just don't you know usually there's somebody like 
you know, there's like a chain of things where someone is a gatekeeper somewhere and they let you in the gate. There's aren't there aren't any like gatekeepers in this area really. Yeah. There's like no gate. There's nothing to keep behind a gate anywhere. Right. <laughs> Bro, kick the fucking gate down and That's just, what I'm saying. just stampede in there, dude. Yeah. yeah. So I can definitely so understand. I'm on my way. Yeah. yeah I mean, for I'm sure, dude. Door over. You're doing it, man, for sure, dude. It's just like you just gotta keep doing it long enough and like put yourself in the positions to win. That's why I'm moving. That's yeah. a position play, you know? Yeah. Uh, I need to, my proximity to opportunity needs to be a lot closer. Yeah, for sure, dude. It's, I mean, because it's like one of those things where I can understand where your struggle is between like, do I get a nine to five? Because it's like, you kind of got to do what you got to do to until you can do what you want to do. Yeah. Where it's like, sometimes you, you got to like take those technical gigs just to pay the bills. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, like you're still creating and, and doing your, like your own like passion and like, you know, you're like you're expressing yourself artistically until eventually that people only want to pay you for expressing yourself artistically. Right. So it's just like it's like how do you make that leap from one to the other? Yeah, man. It's a lot about um, believing in yourself, probably. Yeah. I mean, for a long time, it's not that I like I, it's not that I uh, doubted myself, but it's more so that I just didn't like actively believe like I had like dreams and this and that but it was a dream and not a not a plan yeah you know there's a difference yeah there really is and it took me a while to like believe in myself enough to where my brain thinks oh let's make a plan right to make this happen as opposed to just thinking uh like my mindset before was like oh if i make it, it you know i'll make it and i'll put it out and that'll that'll work and yeah that's like fucking not gonna work because <laughs> yeah you put it out and then it doesn't work and you're just like fuck man like what am i doing wrong no one likes my shit like, yeah and it's not that people don't like your shit it's that they're not seeing it well and also most i mean maybe they don't like well, it but yeah for but the most part it's probably that you're like exposure right which sucks because I hate that word. Cause people are like, oh, play for exposure when you're, you know, you're a musician, you're trying to get a gig and this stuff. And playing for exposure uh, doesn't work after <laughs> your exposure, after you've you got enough exposure. You don't need to just keep playing for it. Right, you know? right. But it, but it's so true that you, you absolutely need it. Like, I've, I've got friends in this band called Drangus. Shout out Drangus. I need to show you some of their stuff. It's okay. so off the chain. Um, they're my roommates now they oh. weren't my roommates when i fell in love with their music it just so happened that i had the opportunity to graduate into their into oh, their community dope. yeah you manifested that absolutely for real yeah um and what was i gonna say drangus uh um i forget they're off the chain yeah what the fuck were we talking about i don't know i'll, I'll switch over to another, another <laughs> subject though so here in st louis uh, which is, I feel like probably most of the listeners will be, well, what's your, what's your, what's your split like, or what's your, we got a lot in Missouri. I got a lot in California too. Okay, um, cool. dude, I'm actually damn near in every state and we actually That's have, sick. we have quite a few people in Australia listening, some of the Netherlands, what up? dude. Yeah. It's, it's steady growing. Oddly enough, you know, how we we're talking about how everything kind of like slowed down. Um, even like, even whenever I wasn't releasing episodes, I was still probably doing 1500, 2000 downloads a month. That's really sick. It's, it's legit. Like I couldn't believe it. I'm like, people are still rocking with this shit yeah. i can't believe people are listening i fucking love yeah. it yeah but yeah we got a lot of people here in st louis for sure that's cool yeah because uh the, well the last one i was on was stl versus everybody right i actually podcast. had bodine on last night oh did you mm -hmm. shout out bo shout out bo he gave me a shirt it's downstairs i should have worn i should have wore bodine <laughs> He's yeah a that's good my dude. g he's a good dude man yeah i've done like four or five videos with him Maybe okay six. i watched your last interview with him 
Cool. It was, it was real good. Thanks. Yeah, man. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah. I try not to focus too much on uh, local stuff, but shit, I'm about to move on Monday, so it's, like, so heavy on my mind. Like, the differences between this area and, and those areas. But what's great about St. Louis as a creator, as a self-employed creator, is you can do it so much easier than you can do it in other cities because the cost of living is so cheap. Right. What I found here is that most people in St. Louis uh, that do something creative are freelance. Most people, in my, I mean, I'm freelance, so obviously a lot of the people in my world are going to be freelance, but I'm just looking around like, damn, everyone's leaving their jobs at Apple or uh, at the Apple store, or this and that, and they're, they're going to the, they're buying a camera, going freelance or, or pursuing something else freelance, like uh, Depop, you know, reselling like vintage clothes and things like that. And it's so doable. And then I travel to other cities. And I'm working with people who, like here in St. Louis, someone comes to me, an art, musical artist, and says, I want a music video. How much does it cost? And I break it down, and I'm like, it's going to be $600, which is really fucking cheap. That's hella cheap. For a music video. Oh, yeah. In St. Louis, they're like, man, ah, can we bro. do like five? And, 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 and I'm talking like, motherfuckers who have won Grammys have haggled me down, tried to haggle me down from $750 to 500 what? Motherfuckers with Grammys. I'm not even kidding. This is St. Louis prices. So then I go to another city, Nashville, yeah. Atlanta, Chicago, LA, New York, whatever. They're like, hey, I've got a, I want to get a music video done. Like, what's your budget? They're like, uh, between 1200 and 1500 Yeah. I, I know it's kind of cheap, but can you, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's. Uh, <laughs> we can rock with that. We can rock with that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've made a lot more with a lot less. Yeah, but it's because in Nashville the cost of living is so high, or um, Atlanta is a little bit comparable to St. Louis. It's not as crazy. Like I said, Nashville's becoming like the country music. They're LA. Up. Yeah. Yeah. But in Chicago, the cost of living is high. L.A., New York, of course. Artists have that nine to five to yeah. pay for their art, which is a whole different facility because like here you can make the art and that pays for your bills yeah but then you don't have anything to propel your art with right whereas when you get the nine to five you have for me like i'm making things every single day so they kind of get like all uh, kind of blurs it kind of blurs a lot but for other people it's like they have one project outside of right the regular grind yeah I say regular, meaning like you clock in for someone else right? type of grind. Man, and you have to invest in yourself. You have and, to. And that's one of the things like <clears throat> I had to really come to grips with and I even more recently still have is that you have to invest in marketing. Like It's everything. Like you may have the dopest shit, but if people don't know about it, what does it matter? Right. Like it, it, it kind of feels weird. In that like, way, like of course it's going to matter to you. Right. But if you're trying to do something with it, you're trying to affect yeah. people or yeah. you know what I'm saying? It's like – it, it almost feels like, hey, look at me, look at me. But to a degree, it's like, hey, motherfuckers, look at me. Like, look what yeah, I'm doing, man. Like, Absolutely. If you don't tell people about it, if you're not your own biggest fan and cheerleader, then nobody else will be. It's just fact. That's the realest shit. Yeah. It's so funny that you say that because also being Midwestern, we struggle with that yeah. a lot. Like, people are... We're the quiet professionals. We're blue collar here. Yes. And so much about uh, being humble. To the point to where if you are in a conversation with somebody and you're like, man, I recently uh, just like 
like during quarantine, I got my life in order, man. It feels good. I started working out. I started spending a lot more time outside. I started reading more, et cetera, nice. et cetera. And then I was like literally having this conversation. And someone's like, yeah, talk about how great you are. Why don't you? And I was like, whoa, you are a sad person. I didn't say that. But I was like, that's what you felt. damn. Like, you, like I, I worked hard, made changes, and saw results. And I would like to celebrate that with my expressions and how I use my voice. And yeah. this offended you? Or, like, you're mad at me? F- you think that I'm bragging? No, motherfucker. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, come on, don't even play. That's not even the tip of the iceberg. I'm dope with it. And I don't, I don't <laughs> need to tell you that I'm dope with it, but uh, you know what I mean? Like, if, you, if you're not sharing with people the things you've created, they're not going to see them. Right. Shameless self-promotion. Like, you have to go through it and you have to get over that idea of like well i don't want to piss everybody off by posting about my stuff every day look at bodine nobody is fucking mad at bodine everybody loves bo and all of his content yeah and he just posted all day all day every day yeah man dude that's just the difference between having like a growth mindset and just having a scarcity mindset right where it's like you feel like somebody else's success is your failure and then it's just like man. it's like crabs in a barrel, man. People, and that's a big uh, that's a big thing around here, man. Motherfuckers always want to pull somebody else down because yeah. it makes them feel bad. But right. it's like those are the people who are never really gonna go anywhere. Like those are the people you don't want to yeah. be associated with. I anyway. tried it and I couldn't make it, bro. You gonna try? You ain't gonna make it either. Yeah. Well, like, like you said, oh, you think you're better than me, bro? You think you're better than us? Oh, you trying to you're trying to get healthy? Shit, I'm trying to be the best me as possible. So what what the fuck? Like yeah. you should be doing the same. Right. Well, we're, what I'm doing has nothing to do with you, yeah, really. Yeah. We talking. I don't think I'm better than you. I'm trying to be better than who I was yesterday. Right. This is a battle with me. That's, That's why it. I skateboard, bro. Because <laughs> it's a fucking battle with me every time. Nobody can help me get better at skateboarding right. but me. I have to do it. That's it. You gotta do it. It's like it's all in turn. Dude, skateboarding, it's – my girlfriend just found this. Dude, I will watch skateboard clips on Instagram for fucking hours. It's addicting. It's my – TikTok fucks me up. <laughs> I'll show you on TikTok for 20 minutes, and it feels like three minutes. Yeah. Watching skate clips. Dude, it's – I, just the sound of the wheels. Yeah, I just the love crack from the the ollie. Yeah, from the ollie or when they're grinding. I just absolutely love it. And uh, like growing up, I used to love skating. I was a fat kid. I used to break boards. And oh shit. yeah, yeah, bro. I remember Look one. At you now? I know you would never have known, dude. I remember one time I was trying to do a grind and I just like the board went that way and I just like fell back onto the fucking on the rail. I'm just yeah. like, not anymore. Like skating's not for me. Yeah. Skating's not for me. But I was in L.A. probably, I guess almost two years now. And um, I was taking this uh, this steel mace course, like a, it was like a fitness course. Yeah. And this dude named Neen, Neen Williams was in there. You know who Neen Williams is? Yeah, dude. I'm just like, I well, didn't... I've seen him on on um, Skateline NBD, which is like, yeah, which is like uh, a skateboard. Here's what happened in skateboarding this week type of show. Oh, really? But I, but I, you know, I don't. I'm not good with following the pros, really. Either way, I didn't. I had. I've been so far out of the skate culture, and yeah. I'm just like, I didn't know who he was at the time. I met him. He's super fucking nice guy, real yeah. down to earth, super chill. Connected with him. I looked up him on Instagram. He has like almost like a half a million followers. I'm yeah. like, oh, you do this for real? Like this yeah. is this is your job. This is what you yeah. just skate every day. He's in like Thrasher and doing yeah. all this shit. I'm just like, damn man, like. The skate world and skate, like, it just put me back on the skate world and culture. I'm just like, yeah. damn, like, this is still very, like, well and alive and growing. More so than ever, probably, in yeah. my opinion, because when I, when I started skating, it was sort of like, it was kind of, 
I started. I was born in 1990. I started skating like 1998, 1999. Yeah, I was like eight or nine years old, and it was right. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater came out. That was the shit, dude. <laughs> we get we had. They they had Domino's had this like deal. If you order like two large pizzas and a soda, you get like a PlayStation sampler disc. Yeah. And it had it had uh like Tekken three, <laughs> Tomb Raider, Metal Gear Solid, yep. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, and like that. a racing game. I forget what the game was. I remember that. And um, I I wanted a skateboard so bad after that. I just played Tony Hawk's Pro Skater the first fucking level. First level one character over and over. Gold fingers <laughs> Superman just on repeat for like <laughs> hours, and then eventually, you know, I I got the game. And um, for me, it was like it was kind of skateboarding was kind of roped in with like punk rock, where it was kind of counterculture yeah. at the time. And so, if you have a skateboard, people are already, like, on their little cell phone, like, um, we've got a skateboarder in the parking... You're, like, crossing through the parking lot, and they're already on their phone calling the police. And you're like, what in the fuck? So, like, we got kicked out of, like, every spot we went to, always. But that was half of the fun of it, was, like, we knew we couldn't skate. We're not allowed to be here. Let's get these tricks in before we get in trouble. And if trouble shows up, let's just handle it, you know? And it was, like, this sort of... uh, it was this freedom, but it was like uh, uh, you had to like fight for the f- freedom. Like, like you don't own these steps, bro. Like, you're just the manager here. You're trying to save your own ass. Fuck you. <laughs> Watch me hit this kickflip. <laughs> for real, dude. And then you have your homie like kind of like trying to talk to him, and the other homie's got the camera, and you're like, all right, let's get this clip, dude. Yeah. Just and, so- and nowadays it's like. You're allowed to skate wherever you want. Cause it's pretty it's normal. So accepted. Yeah. And it's so popular, and they've also built. There weren't skate parks in every county. They're everywhere I, now. Yeah, you can any like. There's one in Maplewood. There's one on Morgan Ford. You got Ramp Riders. That's indoor downtown. Like, uh, then you've got the Webster one. That's these are all like. F- Ramp Riders isn't free, but we're talking about like free outdoor skate parks. Right. There's J- Jefferson Barracks. Like all these parks that they just built. For skaters they're, to be at, they're everywhere. Yeah, yeah. So it's like it's it's really huge and more popular than it was when I was a kid, for sure. I didn't skate from like sixteen to till January this year. Oh, uh, so from, you just got back into yeah, it? Yeah, I just got back into it. Have yeah. you been fucking up your shins and stuff? <laughs> yes, dude. I my th- ankle is like pretty, <laughs> dude. I like legitimately bruised the bone on my ankle. Like it's been well over a week, and what happened was that like the <laughs> the bolt in the middle of the wheel mm-hmm. caught my ankle bone right here. Mm-hmm. And my whole leg, like, mentally I was like, okay, that didn't hurt that bad. I can walk. But my leg was like, no. Like, yeah, I got hit in the ankle, but my whole leg was like. Yeah, you hit a nerve or something. Yeah, some, it's still fucking bruised, man. Damn. It still hurts. I can skate fine, but if to the touch, it's, like, still fucked. Yeah, a part of me was like, man, maybe I should start trying to skate again. And I'm just like, nah, man, I'm going to fuck myself up. Juice yeah, isn't worth the squeeze. Yeah, yeah, you fuck yourself up. That's kind of why I like it <laughs> in some twisted way. Because, you know, my my whole life I was an athlete. I never really had the chance to be in the creative worlds that I wanted to be in. Like, in high school... I wanted to be, in, I wanted to like participate in the plays and check out some thespian activities, maybe fuck around with an improv team or something. Okay. But rehearsal was always the same time as practice, and I was on the football team and I was on the track team. Okay. So that's the two, that's fall and spring. Right. 
and then at the high school I went to, they only had two shows a year, fall and spring. Oh. So I literally couldn't even do it. And then it, it was to the point to where I was like, I want to take this acting class. And they're like, well, that's the same time as your weight training class. And since you're on the team, you either got to come in before school and do weight training or just do weight training in school in the class. So, you know, I'm like, I'm not coming in early. So <laughs> I'm going to take – I'll just not take an acting class yeah. and get into, uh, you know, this weight training. So – then I got to college. I had a track and field scholarship. Oh, that's nice. Where'd it was fucking lit. I was in the uh, 100, 200, and 400, and, of course, the relays. I did some long jumps at conference just to, like, get some points on the board. You that's know, legit. I could score a few points at the long jump and triple jump. Um, overall, just, like, super athletic person. Yeah. And then towards the end of college, I when I got to school, I started studying film, acting, directing, theater, improv i was on the improv team for all four years so i was really able to use like my right side brain and get those creative juices flowing that i'd always felt like that was my calling was like i was doing the athletic stuff because i was good at it and it was kind of like what you did as like a young man it's much more socially accepted right i mean it's like yeah it's what you do as as a young man right like it was it was almost like you know, on autopilot for a long time, I was just doing these sports. But I, don't get me wrong. I loved them. I had a great time. Right. And these are my friends, my teammates, my brothers, you know, um, and my sisters because track was co-ed. But it was it was really cool. At, towards the end of college, though, I, I left the track team and just started pursuing doing music full time. And then I bought a camera and started, you know, then I was actually like an athlete. But before that, my whole life was dominated by hours every day of physical activity. And then when I left the track team, I that slowed down to like not that much at all. I've I've kept up with routines, but it's always in phases. It's like three months I'll have like a solid routine, and then I'll kind of like fall out of it for like nine months, and then I'll get back <laughs> into it, you know, for a couple of months. So I, I I do have some stuff going on, but skateboarding really was able this year was able to bring back that forgotten necessity of physical activity yeah and uh getting beat up a little bit along the way kind of reminds me of football like i'm i'm in the shower like oh what's that bruise from yeah you know, this type of shit like i'm at the point where i'm getting enough bruises where i don't even know where all of them are from yeah which for some reason makes me feel <laughs> badass i guess <laughs> you know what i mean it's like okay i can because man on a on a regular day for if you don't skate or you don't exercise or even if you do exercise but you don't skate or you don't box you don't play football or any of that shit how often are you physically putting yourself in a position to get your shit rocked like not that often not often and then when it does happen you're like fuck this sucks but then 5 minutes later you're like shit let me try this kickflip again yeah you know what i mean yeah. so it's i don't know a mind over matter thing i it's i smoke weed every day too like blunts every day. It's, it's, I'm, my habits like as intense as it ever was right now. <laughs> and and uh, I don't like to smoke before I skate because I'm like, oh shit, I'm like nervous all of a sudden. Whereas when I'm sober, I'm not nervous. But lately, I've just been like, fuck it, I'll skate till I'm sober. Okay. And then and then I'll like even if I'm like stoned, I'll go out there and skate. And then like an hour later, I'll be comp- my brain is refreshed, man. It's like the toxins are out. You know, I got my sweat on. Yeah. Got my ass beat a little bit. Dude, that sweat is important. It's so important. Just it's like you said, it cycles through all the shit in your system. And yeah, it's like, just like 
it just it just it just keeps everything moving like it should be. Otherwise, yeah. it just it gets like pent up in your body. No, that's real. That's yeah, so is. real. Yeah, man. And with quarantine, man, I had to get the fuck out of the house. <laughs> and I live in a house with how many people do we have in there? So we had Tom, Tony, Che, Noah, Morgan, myself. So we had six people. Motherfucking real world house. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, we're fortunate that in quarantine, and my girlfriend was able to be. She had a gig in St. Louis on like March 14th, and then everything was shut down March 15th. So she got quarantined in St. Louis for the first three months, which was really off the chain. Um, We were fortunate that we had so much going on because, honestly, we made like probably uh, 10 to 15 total records like that whole time. Oh, you guys are putting in work, though. Yeah, we have a studio in the upstairs spot of our house that's like totally legit. Oh, nice. Probably like twenty grand worth of gear in that spot. Um, my roommate Tom, he's a singer, one of the singers in Drangus, and a songwriter. He, he is an engineer, so he just runs sessions out of the crib. Oh, and that's it, convenient. And, and it's not like, hey, come over to my house. I got this little corner. No, it's like fucking legit, it's dude. A real studio, dude. And I know the guy that the broker that he gets all his gear from, and he's always filling me in. I'm like, he's like, yeah, Tom made a purchase. I'm like, oh. How expensive was that one? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, he, we're not we're not talking about three hundred, four hundred dollar mics. We're talking about four thousand dollar mics. Right. We're talking about four thousand dollar barefoot monitors, or four thousand a piece. Like premium line shit. Oh yeah, yeah. Man, it's so interesting how I mean, you you we we're talking about you know the sweating and like the physical activity, mm-hmm. like the physical, it, it feeds into the mental. Absolutely, it makes like honestly, I've been more like. Also, getting into a new activity is always good. That's growth. You know what I mean? Right. So I've felt my creativity kind of like take a new turn Right. since I've been more physically active this year. I've been more physically active this year than in the last like four or five years. It's easy in that creative endeavor where you just focus just on the creative, the creative, creative, and you feel like everything is kind of like more mental. Mm -hmm. But man, your entire reality is dictated by like how physically in shape you are. Totally. It really is. Dude. Yes, like I'm more confident just walking places, like just being, just existing. I'm more confident on right. a regular basis. Doesn't matter what the situation it could be. Like, okay, I got to go to this meeting and do some business. I need, you know, talk about money, this and that. When you're physically active and like in shape, I wouldn't even say I'm in shape, but when I'm physically yeah. active, it's like the confidence is there with without um like having to do something to have confidence you know what i mean it's just like you're you're confident in yourself because you've already like accomplished something yeah. challenging that day well we need to do difficult and challenging shit we absolutely need it with all the time without that then you just get in this rut and the, like life becomes mundane and monotonous but like yeah. i get that through jujitsu all the time yeah. it's like i get to challenge myself i get to sweat it's, there's a lot of physicality to it yeah and it's just this constant ever-evolving puzzle and against another human being who's also this complex thing yeah but then like you get physically better you get like you get that fix um on the physical and then that helps with the mental and like you said you get more confidence and that will that will feed into your belief because yeah it'll feed into your creativity then yeah and like i've been able to uh this year sort of like maneuver some of my what what used to be like creative uh obstacles for me have now become not obstacles 
yeah. uh, mentally because I've been more physically active. It's so fucking weird, but it's all like, you know, you got to get your body right, get your mind right. Absolutely. You got to get your mind right, get your body right. What people don't realize is that, especially in the age of like pharmaceuticals where everybody's just given like an antidepressant and shit. Yeah. Like serotonin, which is like, that's like the happy fucking, um, uh, what the fuck is the word? Either way, uh, neuro. The word's slipping. Either way, I don't know. I'm no doctor. It's the reason for it's. It's what makes us happy. Um, yeah. Why am I drawing a blank? Either way, ninety percent of your serotonin is producing your gut, so it's not Whoa. actually in the brain. So it's like the foods that you're eating. Oh yes. Yeah. That's so crucial. Yeah, dude. Like to feeling good on a regular day. I don't mean like physically feeling good. I mean to be in a good mood. Yeah. It has so much to do with your diet. Yeah. It's crazy. It is, yeah, it really And that is. was another thing. During quarantine, I got my diet back on track because right. I wasn't – I was stuck in this mode of, like, go to the function, get a couple of drinks while I'm working. You know, I'm shooting something or I'm meeting up with some people. We have a couple of drinks. I'm going to get some food on the way home. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going to wake up feeling like shit, like, oh, man, I'm going to change it. But I'm a little hungover, so not working out today. And then, all right, handle all this creative stuff. And then I got this shoot at 9 o'clock. All right, and I'll get to the function, have a couple of drinks, you know, this and that. And I'm always it's so much on the go. When it slowed down, I started going to the grocery store and buying the food that I wanted to put in my body. Yeah. Not just eating the food that was available at the times when I was available to eat. Right. I was able to make like like nothing was going on for like fucking at least the first month. Oh yeah. Nothing was going on. Maybe the first two months, I can't remember. But yeah, I was just a like solid two months for sure. Yeah. Zero. I was just like, all right. I'm going to get all the groceries because I got to cook now. That's the main reason why I wasn't eating good because you got to cook to eat. And it takes time, yeah. especially when you're trying to make shit happen. Yeah. And so I appreciated the pace that I appreciate the pace that we're on now. Everyone's slower than we were before. I feel like maybe, you know, some people came back from the future and the future's all fucked up. And they're like, we got to prevent the future from getting fucked up. So we're going to put a pandemic in the in 2020, we're gonna make a pandemic happen so everyone gets straightened out. Maybe or something like that. Yeah. Cause the way the way that it seemed to me is I'm like, damn, everyone's kind of like I know everyone was at first cooped up in the house, but now everything's back on normal. It seems like everyone's kind of like at a happier pace just in general um, when it when it comes to like you know how often people are hanging out and how often people are going out and how often people are drinking. I noticed, like, definitely for me, the drinking slowed down. Well, at first it didn't. The first month we were fucking lit every night. But then after that I got sick of it and the drinking slowed down to, like, where now it's like I don't get drunk that frequently. Yeah. I might drink, you know, once or twice a week, but I'm not getting drunk where I was getting drunk three or four nights a week. Yeah. You fucking maybe it's because of the industry that you're in, like you're making the right choices. There are for sure people out there who are not making the right choices. Alcohol sales have for sure gone up. Yeah, yeah, no. man. Well, well, and also weed sales. Was talking about that last well, night. More people are buying weed now. I mean, the, yeah. like everyone I've talked to, especially in St. Louis. I was gonna say this earlier about the freelance world. Uh-huh. St. Louis has a weed problem, and the I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't mean it as a problem. I just mean like I go to other cities and I work with people. And I'm in the studio and they're like, they just don't, they're not smoking. They're uh, not smoking in the studio, and they're not smoking at all. Yeah. Maybe they maybe they do from time to time. Yeah. I'm like, whoa, this is weird because every time I go anywhere, fuck, man, I meet up with people to talk business, and they're, like, rolling a blunt. <laughs> and, and I'm not talking about – these are people like you and I that are, like, 
you know, not drug dealers, not like yeah. real into it. It's like very, you know, this is a nice place and like unsuspecting. I mean, maybe me, I'm not unsuspecting, but you might be unsuspecting to a lot of people for being, you know, like a weed smoker. Oh, yeah. Yeah. People are usually surprised. Because, because of, me. yeah, because of the, um, you know, your professional exterior. Yeah. It's easy to judge a book by its cover. For sure. For sure. Um, Dude, I had a fucking question. Oh, I don't know. I was gonna ask you. So was, was, was college? Was that really like the start of like you getting into the filmmaking, or w- like where did filmmaking start for you? Dude, it started for me when I was like eleven. Oh, so real early. Yeah. Um. My, you know, I was skateboarding and I wanted to film some shit, so I borrowed my dad's handy cam. Oh, nice. And then um. You know, he would let me borrow it for the weekend. I'm not skating the whole weekend. So I had time to, like, shoot stuff. What were you editing on? Uh, I wasn't. I was shooting everything in order. <laughs> <laughs> Making movies with my cousins. Oh, shit. We were just shooting. And so, there, so like, then we would, like, connect the camera to the TV. Yeah. And then play it off the camera. Like, I'd be, like, hit and play on the camera. And it's playing on the TV. Excuse me. This seltzer water has me burping. Yeah, yeah, all the car- all the carbonation for an interview, but it tastes it's great. It's all good. Um, yeah, so I started just like making films with my cousins, and we just had to like film them in order. And there'd be like a blue space. It'd be like stop, play, and then the next scene would happen, <laughs> type shit. That's so funny. yeah, I didn't get an editing program until I was like fourteen, and at the time it was Cyberlink Power Director. I don't even know what that is. Right. And I and I and I wasn't like I wasn't like, oh man, I'm just so into filmmaking. It was like, um, I wonder if I that program that uh grandma got me for Christmas, like, I wonder if I could actually make some shit in that program. Cause like, you know, they're like, Oh, you make videos, maybe you'll like this editing program. I got this D V D ROM or something <laughs> in like two thousand three that had like a uh, Cyberlink Power Director on it. I had it for like a year, and I didn't really know what I was doing, and it was tech, and I was like, nah, yeah. I don't know. But then one day, I just sat down and figured it out and made a little movie with my, my homie. Shout out Will. Lon Carrick, RIP. He just passed away this year. Oh, damn. So we were we were like, yeah, just, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It was a slow evolution for sure. It, when I was in high school, I made a couple of videos and every time I had a class that would like allow us to make a video, I always picked make a video. Make a video. Yeah, as a lot of people do, but I was like real serious about it. And it got to the point to where I was making videos for my homies for their class. I wasn't even in the class. I was, <laughs> I was just making the video for them. Were you getting for paid me, for it, or were you just doing it? No, I was just doing it, man. Like for me, it's just fun to make a business, bro. I could have, but <laughs> I get it though. Passion. What what high school kid had money to help me make a video for his pro, for his class? You know what I mean? For his or her class. It's true. Yeah, so uh, then, yeah, just kind of, I didn't know what the fuck to study in college. I was like, man, I don't know. I feel like my, you know, when you're you're going into, it's supposed to be going into college, and it was different at the time than it is now, like pretty much everybody. It was still the doctrine, you have to go to college to get a good job. Yeah. That was still the case when I started school. And I had to fucking choose something to study, and I was like, I don't fucking know. Like all th- all of these options seem uh boring yeah. and like maybe there's like I was like interested in nutrition. I was like maybe I could be a nutritionist just cuz I give a shit about that. Like what do I actually care about? And then 
I was helping a homie make a video for his class his senior year, and I was like, damn, I wonder if I could do this. Because if I could make videos, that would be the shit. I could find my, I could see myself having a career doing that. Yeah. Like, that would be cool. And then um, I started, you know, I had a bunch of scholarship offers, and I was just like, all right, let me run through all these and see, you know, which ones offer a film program. And, like, most of them didn't. A lot of the schools were like, yeah, come here and we'll uh, get you a communications degree and we can shape it into what you what you want. And I'm like, man, it's going to go. I'm just going to be whacked. Their camera's going to be not that good. And I don't know. So I ended up picking William Woods University. Oh, William Woods down in Fenton? Uh, Fulton. Fulton, sorry. Yeah, Fulton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's probably about as south as Fenton is in the Missouri. Right. If you're just straight across, straight west. Well, I'm from Jeff City. so I mean, Oh, yeah, you're hip. Yeah, Fulton's right up the road. Yeah, dude. Well, the other half of my rap group, uh, Nolo and Tiger Nolo, which is my name and his name. Yeah. Nolo is from Jeff. He's, oh, is he? Yeah, he lives in Jeff. Oh, damn. Small world. Yeah. You go to JC? Yeah, I did. Cool. He went, yeah, I think he went to JC. What, how, do you know how old he is? When did he graduate? He graduated in 2010 or 2011. Oh, okay. I graduated in 06. 06? Yeah. Okay. So we probably never crossed paths. Probably not. And he's uh, the oldest in his family. So, but, um, yeah, I went to school in Fulton, and I actually had a track and field scholarship, and they had a film program. And I was, like, fucking geeked because I was like, dude, like, none of the other – it was, like, film school or uh, athletic program. Like, I can go to film school for full price, or I can get an athletic scholarship and go to college for the price of my scholarship. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And, and it was, like uh, – I was thankful I found a school that – offered me both yeah that's very fortunate and it was very close to home which like at first i didn't give a shit about i was like i'll go to california or whatever but uh with it being close to home i grew to enjoy that like being able to come home on the weekends i've got so I've, i'm one of seven it's a blended family so there's a lot going on but okay i have like f- six other siblings back in st louis so it was nice to come home right from time to time and see the family i didn't appreciate family as much then as i do now because i was still living with family up until I left for school. Right. And then I started to realize like, damn, okay, I do miss these motherfuckers. Yeah, it's like you have to <laughs> it's like you have to leave a little bit and get out of the situation to for sure. re- to really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm trying to explain that to my little brother now. He's nineteen. Yeah. He's a freshman in college, but you know, with the pandemic, so he's living at home. Like <laughs> he's probably struggling right now. Bro. I'm 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 like <laughs> I'm proud of him because he's doing it in those circumstances. And I, I couldn't have stayed home. And been, like, cool. Like, I don't know. I'm an adventure seeker for sure. Yeah. So I have always been, like, like, when I was a kid, I never wanted to stay the night at my house. I always wanted to stay the night somewhere. I was like, fuck it. I'll sleep in my car. I don't care. Let's just go do something tonight. It's on the go. Yeah. Let's figure something out. Uh, and uh, then eventually, like, I, I came to really appreciate, you know, the home life. Was Fulton too slow at all, at all for you? I mean, it's not. there's not a lot going on in Fulton. Um... There is a lot going on in Fulton. Is there? Just, I, I, it's just not like, you know, <laughs> cutting edge type of shit. I'll tell you, there's a lot fucking going on, bro. I, I've seen, I witnessed a shootout. Really? Yeah. Fulton. And f- bro, it do, don't get it twisted. I guess this is some Motherfuckers shit. are straight crazy in Fulton, bro. Because <laughs> if you think about it, Fulton, Fulton, Missouri, it's a small town. Yeah. Near uh, Columbia, Missouri. And I, I don't know what the population is, but this is what they have. A high school, what used to be an all men's college, and what used to be an all women's college, a prison, 
an insane asylum, a the the Missouri School for the Deaf, so a large right. deaf community, and um a nuclear facility. Yeah. So so you have like these like certain factions that are all kind of like it was more like high school than you would imagine. Yeah. Like where you're out and it's like, I'm a student, so I'm a student. I'm not a townie. The townies are townies. They're not students. <laughs> the townies got the townie bar. The students got the student bars. And then there's like, there's a deaf bar. And I'm like, dude, that sounds fun though. Let's like, go check that one. <laughs> sounds fun. My bad. That looks fun. <laughs> that looks so fun. Like, let's go in there and like, you know, most most people that are, uh, you know, in that position, like as hearing people were like, no, we don't want to go in there and be talking. It's like, wait, wait, they can read lips and they can know how to communicate with everyone who talks because that's their reality around right. them all the time. So we could definitely do this. But, man, like I, I one time saw a deaf person beat the piss out of a townie. And I say townie, so we're talking about southern, middle Missouri. A townie, I mean, probably uh, like some backwoods trailer situation yeah that's probably like the demographic of person that this was getting their ass just beat in a subway parking lot like just get beat up by this other person who is speaking so wildly because they're hearing impaired right and so their speech is just like on you're unused to hearing things like that right and so there's a lot going on in that little uh dude it's like a little like I don't even know how to describe it. Everything is so fucking crazy all the time. <sighs> That's the shit you need to get on camera. <laughs> right. Yes, dude. There was uh, in a, a prisoner escaped from the prison, and our college campus had to go on lockdown, and, like, no one could leave the campus oh, for 24 shit. hours. Like, you couldn't leave the campus. You couldn't drive off campus to go get food and all this shit. They, they're like, you have to stay on campus because lockdown. a prisoner escaped. Like, what in the fuck, dude? <laughs> and the thing is, like, Fulton, it's kind of like out in the, it's like just in the middle of, there's not, there's yeah, it's nothing, farm country. There's nothing around there's it. There's so much farms around Did it. Did you go to field parties and shit? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, bonfires I, out in the middle of nowhere. Oh, fucking right, man. Well, I, I, I grew up in St. Louis. I went to seven different schools, so I moved all around this motherfucker. Oh, shit. Yeah. So you used to hopping around and, like, inserting yourself and meeting new people and shit yeah yeah i got good at it by necessity but um i eventually moved out to lake st louis wentzville area so i was used to like the country boy type of shit um from having spent some time in my high school years in that area so lots of bonfires uh lots of uh fucking trucks (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> lots of beer yeah a know? lot of beer natty light you get 30 packs oh, for 15 yeah. bucks not even bro it's like 12.99 13 dollars for a 30 beers even bro. cheap <laughs> you go yeah. hard you shotgunning beers and shit oh yeah well you could drink 15 of them till you're before you're like hammered so that's, oh yeah that's yeah, fine but i was yeah it was like fulton was definitely more country than i had ever experienced and when yeah. i first got to school there it was hard for me to find where i fit in yeah because it was so weird man like previously what i was used to is like um almost like a way people look you can kind of like your popularity was kind of based on how you look in high school yeah and i got to college and your popularity was based on like the way you behave Mm -hmm. and i and i didn't understand that not that i behaved weird or anything like that but it was just like i was used to being able to like uh, talk to people and 
or like meet people and then like uh for me it was like really challenging in fulton to find girls because mm. like it, when i was in school it was cool like i would talk to people and you know as i played football i i dressed like you know punk rock so i was kind of a floater amongst all the factions of my high school okay but then uh when i got to college it was like these girls aren't fucking with me like they like i'm over here like um i hit all the requirements like why do you not like me back (laughs) this is strange and she's like i don't know calvin i just well john john's been you know he's really cute too and i like his truck he we we've been mudding every weekend so (laughs) i'm like oh shit okay i see that's I need to learn how to ride a fucking horse. That's the real shit too, man. That's, it is. It is. Like it's like a, it was the first time that I realized like uh when it comes to relationships so much about it, it needs to be like circumstantial. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter. I mean, it it does matter how you feel about each other, but if your circumstances aren't similar enough, yeah. then there's going to be like a lot of friction. Well, especially like when you're young in high school and, and even in college, like a lot of it's just like proximity, like who's there around you. Yeah. It's like, it's this weird fake ecosystem. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Totally. Like how many people do you know in high school and, and even in college where it's like, they don't really fit in. And then like they get out of that situation and then they find their own community and then they just fucking flourish and blossom. Yeah. Yeah. So, so many. Oh my God. So many. Yeah. yeah Cause it, we're all fucking weird. Right. To one degree or another is eventually you just become comfortable with it and you're just like, yeah. this is who the fuck I am. Yeah. And then like your brain's not even fully developed until you're 25 anyway. Right. So you're just doing a whole bunch of irrational shit. All up, the time. Up until then. Well, that's why schools like college is a good place to be because a lot of times you can do some, uh, you can fuck up in a way that in real life would get you in jail. But, you know, you do it on campus. You that's just got to handle, you just, you know, got to handle a little campus security and it's and uh some smaller repercussions like yeah honestly it was a good thing for me because i'm a little bit of a party animal i would say (laughs) to put it to put it uh modestly but i i would like it was just a good place for me to get that time of my life like through to get through that that part of my myself yeah to get through that party animal phase i still party like all the time, but <laughs> it's just not to the degrees that right. I used to regularly. That is one benefit of college. I'm always a little torn because I feel like it's a waste of time to go to college if you don't know what you want to do. Because right. so many people, they'll go like undecided or yeah. like I went, whenever I started, I was like a bio major and then I went to athletic training, back to biology. I finally just like settled on business administration for undergrad because I wanted to be done in four years. Like, right. Those motherfuckers don't tell you that if you only take 12 hours, you're actually probably going to be here for five, five and a half years. Right. Of course they don't tell you. They yeah. want that tuition money. Yeah, bro. So it's like I was taking like 18 hours a semester for a little bit just to yeah. get done. But to get through it. Yeah. Yeah, but so many people do that, and all you're doing is, like, racking up a bill. And it's like, bro, like, this is not – like, that's an expensive-ass lesson, like. <laughs> yeah, I I think that um, trade schools are, like, the schools of the future. And, yeah, and, and, I agree. And if we could do something, like, more specific-oriented as opposed to these universities that are so broad. I mean, this is such a complex issue. Like, I obviously – don't have any like authority on this subject but what i've been thinking lately is that the more specific you can be the better and those that are undecided like college can be a great place to 
to decide, to find out what it is that you want to do for the rest of your, well, for your adult life. Not Maybe not the whole thing, but, um, you know, it's it's a great place to, it's a great environment to get that figured out. Yeah, kind of discover yourself. Yeah, but I don't think it's necessary for everyone and not even, it's probably not even necessary for most people. I think most people either are cool with something, um, you know, they find a job, you know, like, you know, like a, a cell phone store or like, you know, manager of a gas station, or whatever. They, they enjoy that and it works for them and it works with their routine, their lifestyle. And like, that's great. You don't need to go to school to do that. Right. You don't need to get a business degree to be the manager of a restaurant. Right. Although a lot of them require that. It just shows that, you know, you're serious and that you have experience in something. But if you're doing anything, um, if you have any remote interest in something particular, it would be great if there was like exclusively schools or classes for those particular things. Right. Like I went, I went to a university and had a track and field scholarship and studied filmmaking but i also studied all these other things acting i mean i studied science and you know right. it's, it's important to, it's definitely important to know some of those things but did i really need to take like these science labs that you know if you break it down like how much is school costing per semester that's how many hours a semester that's how many courses each course you can break down the price and it's like ooh, yeah maybe that course uh, was quite unnecessary if we're looking at the price of it. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. Yeah. And, and um, I think for me, I, I would have gotten more out of school if I could have focused on my filmmaking as opposed to focusing on so many other things that were just a fucking, like, okay, you're here because you have to be. Right. You're taking this test because you have to. Right. Like, type of shit. And um, that's that was, for me, like, the majority of high school was like that. Yeah, like, you're just trying to meet the requirements. Yeah, and I had way better grades in college than I had in, in high school. Like, I had a 2.8 GPA in high school, which I didn't even fucking try. Like, of course, sometimes I, you know, I didn't want to get bad grades. I was I had, you know, athletics, I had to, you know, keep a GPA for it. But I was like, show up to class, like, listen, take the test, not do, I did some of my homework, but not most of it. Dude. Or or I would, like, do it right before class and just, like, you know, just get through it and it was fine. But we had to, we had to study. We had to be in classes that were were so not tailored to our individual interests. Right. Well, high school in particular, like, they don't teach you how to be successful in life. They don't teach you how to learn. They no. need to teach us how to learn. They teach you what, but they don't teach you how. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? They don't teach you critical thinking. They don't yeah. teach you anything that's actually relevant to most of life. Like, a lot of people, if you can just teach them how to, like, balance a checkbook and, like, what is credit and yeah. how to handle a loan if you do go that like, yeah. they don't teach you these basic life skills. Right. They're just like, here's trigonometry and algebra. I don't need to fucking know algebra <laughs> ever unless I'm going to go be like uh, an architect or something. Like, I don't yeah. need this shit. Yeah. Why is it a part of the curriculum? I could understand like on the off chance that you might use a mathematical property to understand something in your life in some capacity like, oh, uh, due to the transitive property, a plus B equals C. And uh, if A equals B and B equals C, then A equals C. Oh, my God. Like, Einhorn is Finkel. Finkel is Einhorn. <laughs> Einhorn's a man. You know what I mean? Like, right. I could understand that, but I'm just like, that's so obscure, those those moments. I'm like, I might have figured that out on my own. Right. Like, was it really necessary? My older brother's a teacher, 
and I ask him all the time. Um, we've had many conversations about like curriculum. He's a math teacher. I can't math at all. Yeah. It's so fucking weird. But like he he can play guitar around me all day. But I can pick up a guitar, know the the very basics that I know, and write songs all day. Yeah. And never get any better at guitar. Meanwhile, he's getting good at guitar but can't write songs. But he can math. I don't know. Our brains are total opposite. Yeah. So it's fun to have these discussions about what are they teaching, why are they teaching it, and what I've been sort of explained. Um, and also, you know, with Bo, he's kind of explained it to me as well. It's like it's all funding. It doesn't matter. The kids don't fucking matter. The employees don't fucking matter. It's funding. You Your school gets the fucking grades they get the money yeah how do they how do they do the grades they test for them right they give you a test you pass the test with a high enough grade you get the money right and that's what they want they want the kids to pass the tests because the tests are the gatekeepers to the money yeah and as long as you pass the test and you know some places they just don't have like the amenities to keep the kids interested. Like right. when Bo was working at Sumner, they didn't have art classes. They didn't they didn't have um music. They didn't have video. They didn't have photo. These are you know, school like Ledoux has had those programs for decades. Right. You know? So they're getting kids interested in shit that the kids are actually interested in. Right. And they're able to, you know, then, you know, it's all, but it's all, it's all money. Like if they can't, they can't even do these programs yeah. unless they have the funding for it. Yeah. And the people on the school board, they're not seeing the kids every day. They're not teaching the kids, the children. They're going to their meetings and they're moving the money and making choices for people that they never fucking meet, that they don't give a shit about. Right. And it's like, put this money in my pocket. Let me make this move for my family. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. Which I can't really blame them for being you know like that but at the same time it's like dude we're talking about the future of our country we're talking about how and it blows my mind how much like how little resources or like this election coming up how much have we heard them talking about school like none pretty much none and we're in the middle of a fucking pandemic where school is just all the way up in the air like we have no clue what's going on so how is it not a fucking hot subject right now for this you know election i'm there's it, a lot of fucking things that need to be talked about when it comes to that yeah <laughs> we, in general we could very easily go down this path or we can we have a moment right now adam to just like curve over to some other topic oh yeah no we will <laughs> <laughs> we for sure will man we for sure will um, yeah, no, it's wild, man. It's wild. The, but the, the the creative aspect is so important for yeah. sure, dude. Like, so my daughter, I have two kids and they're both doing the virtual learning right now, yeah. which I'm not the biggest fan of, but, um, she's, she's on the autistics on the autism, uh, spectrum, mm-hmm. not very severely, but like she, she hates math. Right. And then like, I see like with, with her in school where like a lot of the kids, like if you're judged by like the standardized test, like there's a lot of form there's many different forms of edu of uh intelligence rather yeah right yeah and when you start putting kids in these boxes it almost just stifles what could be absolutely it yeah. does yeah and man. Th- that's my problem with with the situation i mean i don't have any fucking solutions i'm i'm 29 i'm trying to figure out we're solutions, just talking right? man. we're just trying to, yeah yeah but it's but it, i don't know i just feel like the people who move the money need to be yeah 
involved with the children in the building in yeah. some capacity, but they're not. And so they're not seeing what the money what good the money does or doesn't do. Yeah. Like if there isn't any or, you know, this and that. And so yeah, it's just frustrating. They they have these tests that are so antiquated and these yeah. subjects, you know, that are antiquated. And there's like I don't know, it's weird because the school system is fucking huge. I mean, how many public schools, how many private schools do we have in this country? Right. And it's all kind of one standard style. I mean, there's alternative schools for sure. Right. But they're not the they're not as many as as the publics. And they're not offered to everyone. Right. Also. Um, so I I don't know, man, like I I hope that in the future and maybe with this virtual learning, there might be something where things do start to get more specific where you have, um, you know, sort of like underground school where it's like, Hey, they're not teaching you, um, this part of history and they're not teaching you this part of, uh, credit and they're not teaching you. Uh, this part of, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But Bodine, every Thursday, he's got a class where, this isn't real, but, you know, you know hypothetically, Bodine's got a class every Thursday where he's teaching, you know, history. We're learning about Black Panthers. We're learning about, how, like, yeah. these different factions, how they, you know, these things that aren't mentioned in the textbooks. We're talking about how Tesla stole everything from somebody else and gets all the credit, or he had everything stolen from him, right. rather. Yeah. And they get all the credit. You know, we're not learning those things in school, which I feel like I've learned through art. And, yeah. And these other things, art is always the truth. Uh, in, I mean, in obviously, ways. it's uh, a distorted version of the truth, but the truth is always there. I don't think you can create authentic art you can't create it authentically, which is how it resonates with people. Yeah. Um, without having the truth in there. Well, I think the solution to all this is, is you know, once you get to Atlanta and you start crushing it, then yeah. we, just, we have the the Calvin Tigre School for the Arts. That's what I'm thinking, man. <laughs> and then it just it just starts blowing up. Yeah, we'll <laughs> we'll offer programs and video, uh, tattoos. <laughs> uh, you know, well, our math class will be run by some like some skaters that are like yep. teaching like skate math. You know, yeah, bro. Like, dude, <laughs> mathematics makes sense if you give me a skateboard. I'm like, okay, you press down at this angle. You have two. You have two me- mechanisms, right? You have two feet. Yeah, they can push the board in these directions. How much force you put down on the board with the pop and all that? Like, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Physics make a lot of sense when you put them in skateboarding. Yeah, you just got to make it relevant. Yeah. So maybe we could do something like that. Yeah. I've been thinking about buying, like, uh, uh, well, I need to acquire the capital, of course, but I've been thinking about, and I'm and I'm on my way there, like, buying, like, a movie theater. Oh, that'd be dope. And or, and or a tattoo spot i just started doing stick and poke tattoos and we, i saw you doing one dude we've gone so fucking crazy <laughs> me and my friends like we've already i think it came with like 20 needles no it came with 30 needles and i'm like oh shit that's a lot this is gonna last me like a year no we've already gone through 20 needles oh really <laughs> like we like i've got two on me now i've done three my you know my partner she did she did two on herself really yeah my roommates yeah we're all just doing stick and pokes all day <laughs> so I, so i was like man i might you know be into like owning a spot where i knew somebody one time i went into this tattoo spot to get a tattoo and uh, i thought this guy was a tattoo artist and he was tatted you know like all over his head and everything 
and uh, no, he was just the owner. Yeah. And he was like talking to the guys there, like, "Hey, can I come in on Wednesday and do a session on somebody?" And I was like, "Oh, wait. So you're you're the owner, but you're asking the artist if you can come in and do a session. Do you do tattoos?" And he's like, "No, nah, I just started." And I'm like, "Oh, you've been tatted, but you haven't done any. And then you bought a spot." And facilitated tattoos to happen. Yeah. And then you start doing tattoos. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, I see like how how this works. Like, uh, you know, I could own a spot and just pop in when necessary. For or, real. Or when I'm, you know, trying to do this and that and just get my little side hustle on because I'm starting to learn, man, like having been like an athlete and then uh, a musician and a filmmaker and I'm s- skating all the time. It's like the more you do something, the better you get at it. Right. So these other things that I like that I've never con- even considered doing, like tattoos. I'm like, man, I bet you I could fucking learn how to do tattoos for real. For, for sure. Real. I mean, like sticking pokes is like, that's like <sighs> not even, it's real tattooing, but it's not like with a gun or anything. It's right. not real, real. Yeah. Once it's, you get that machine not in, in the, there. And yeah. It's it's not the profession, but like, shit, I could probably learn it and, and Probably get good. I'm shit at drawing, so I don't know. You can learn anything. You just got to be willing to suck at the beginning. Yeah. That's my favorite part. Like, it really is. Honest to God. Like, Adam, I go places. I'll go, like, and they're like, oh, Tigre's here. Cool. Yes. We're all excited. Or, you know, uh, you're the guy. You know, thank you for being here and all this stuff. And then I go to the skate park, and I'm not the <laughs> dude. And I'm not, and I'm not even the like close to being the best one there there's like 12 year olds that are just out skating me all day oh dude and people are like what's up man what do you do I'm like oh this is great like, yeah like you're back I'm, to being nobody yes yeah. and it's fucking sick it's yeah. sick to be at the skate park and to be like these people that you know this one guy had a camera necklace and i was like oh do you do you do camera stuff he's like yeah i'm a filmmaker and i was like no shit me too and then we just started talking about that actually you'd be surprised I w- I've been surprised how many fucking skaters are filmmakers really? or, like, videographers, you know. Yeah. Yeah, they so many. It kind of goes hand in hand. It really does. Yeah. And especially today with, with social, like, you can live anywhere in the world and just, you, as long as you have a camera, you start filming your shit, yeah. maybe you fucking gain a following from skating. Yeah, honestly. And, like, that skateboarding is, like, the root of how I got into filmmaking. Yeah. It's like that's how I acquired a camera. And when I first had my camera, I wasn't trying to make films. I had a device and an idea, and, a, and the device helped me see that vision through to the end. Yeah. It was just like a tool to to uh, materialize this idea I had in my head. Yeah. And it's just kind of been like ever since then I've just been. It all starts with an idea. Yeah, I've just been like that's how I, that's how I got to do it. I just got to take these things that are in here and make them you know, materialize in front of me. Nice, nice. Shit, man. Well, you're on the fucking path, bro. Appreciate like it. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm so glad we were able to have this conversation before you left, dude. Yes, me too. Oh me too. Oh, my God, this worked out so well. It's funny because I was telling Bo, I was like, whenever I uh, – I can't remember how I came across you online or something like that, but, like, whenever I started the podcast, I'm like, who's doing what in the city? Who the fuck is here? Like, mm-hmm. there's there's tons of people here. I don't know but a fraction of them, right. barely even that. And then, like, so I created this huge long list, and, like, I put you on there. And, like, you've probably Hell been on yeah. my list for a minute. Dude, that's what's up. And then, fucking, like, I, like, I got you just in the fucking yep. nick of time, yep. bro. just in the nick of time. That's yeah. dope, man. Yeah. That's dope. Well, man, dude, uh, I want to be respectful of your time. We're actually coming up on, like, right about an hour and a half. So. Cool. Dude, this has been dope. Um, 
Is there anything else you want to shout out, uh, direct people to, how they can check you out? I'll put it in the show notes, but yeah. if there's anything you want to leave the people with, man, like... Yeah, definitely check out my YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash Calvin Tiger. It's spelled like Tigre, so youtube.com slash Calvin Tigre. My Instagram, at Calvin underscore Tigre, right um, et cetera, et cetera. So for my YouTube channel, I'm releasing music videos that I've created. Not all of them, but a lot of them. I'm releasing uh, Tiger Nolo, which is my rap group. We're from yeah. the future. You guys do some dope shit. Thank you, you thank f- you. Just, just hype-ass energy. I love it. All the time. Yeah. yeah. It's fucking party. Um, <laughs> and then I've got videos from my band, Ursa Major. We have a, a, a music video coming out in October, Spooky Season. It's a spooky season type of video so it's perfect timing it's a song called grimace so check that out ursa major tiger nolo i'm calvin tiger i'm here with adam it's been dope bro yeah man i appreciate you stopping by um that's it man cool thank you my man appreciate it bro all right everybody until next time hey guys thank you so much for listening if you are getting value out of the podcast if you are gaining some perspective do me a favor, leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcast, but also tell a friend. That'll help us grow. That helps other people find us. It just helps the show immensely, and I will be eternally grateful to you guys for doing so. So again, bring us a friend, share the episode, um, subscribe if you aren't currently. You may be listening, but you might not be subscribed, so go ahead and hit that subscribe button and just help the show grow. I cannot thank you guys enough for doing that uh that's all i have for this week guys i love you just keep being rad human beings and uh just try to gain some perspective and live a good life so i love you guys bye